through our lives, Lord, be glorified. Amen. I've been reflecting this past week on what just happened across the pond with the events that led up to Monday's funeral of Queen Elizabeth II. No doubt the service itself and the committal that followed it was one of the more remarkable acts of worship I have seen, interspersed with the pageantry of state and the mystique of monarchy. Yet as poignant and visually stunning as Monday's events were, it was the preceding week's line of people who captured my imagination, waiting at its height for over 20 hours to shuffle into Westminster Hall in order to view the late Queen's casket. The line, which stretched over five miles, or as the British refer to it as a proper noun, the queue, capital T, capital Q, had both the rich and famous and everyday folks rubbing shoulders. Actress Tilda Swinton and English soccer star David Beckham clocked hours in line with the rest of them, while members of parliament ducked in at the last minute to take a turn. Hundreds served as chaplains and first responders. Some sold tea and biscuits along the route. This was England, after all. And many of the 250,000 who walked past the Queen's body lying in state last week did so through the dark hours of night. Why? Why would people wait hours in line, cold and uncomfortable, to spend just a few seconds walking past the body of a person most of them never knew? What was clear about the queue was that it was an expression of a much deeper grief and common bond. I'd only ever seen Queen Elizabeth once with my own eyes, driving past our school one sunny afternoon. We were lined up outside by the road, and one of the more mischievous boys in the grade above mine, who had incidentally recently broken his leg, saw her Rolls Royce approach and raised his crutches in the air, shouting, Hello, Queenie! It summed up so much about the dignity and the spectacle of British monarchy, sublime and somewhat ridiculous. Yet I have grieved the Queen's passing, a human being I'd only seen as a blurred image in the back seat of a very expensive car, yet the personhood of the crown whose image was everywhere where I grew up. However, the image of Elizabeth was more than currency, as she calls it in the movie Spencer. It was also, in the oddest kind of way, communion. Through that one person, the British, young and old, monarchist and republican, communed with one another. The famously confusing establishment of four nations but one country, of England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland, who have spent centuries fighting wars with one another, found common ground in her. And more personally, the passing of Elizabeth was the passing of the treasured memories we each held of our own grandmothers and mothers. 
She spanned the best part of ten decades of history, a constant in the bewildering surge of 21st century change. And so the queue of hundreds of thousands joined by millions on screens large and small was a way for a people to live into the words from Matthew's gospel the church uses to remember St. Francis today. Come to me, all who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. The practice of drawing near to others and with others, of waiting and watching with those who weep, is a way of laying down the burdens of the past, of laying down the griefs and losses we all carry. As Queen Elizabeth said herself during the height of the pandemic last year, the pain of grief is the price we pay for love. In a very British kind of way, that was the final lesson she offered. It strikes me that we may not have had our own opportunity to lay down the burdens of grief that we have carried through the course of the past two and a half years. Even next month, I will meet with a family for a graveside burial of a father who died during COVID, but only now has it felt possible to lay him to rest. Some griefs take time to let go of. And the church is a spacious container for us to lay down the burdens we carry, those known to us and those we carry yet are not fully cognizant of. For here, we get to encounter one another not as what we do or where we stack up in the hierarchy of things, but as who we truly are. Here, we meet in the name of a Savior who sees us for who we are and loves us still, and at the same time draws us deeper into the fullness of who we are called to become. Church is a safe harbor for our griefs and losses, the burdens of our lives, because here we are met not with judgment, but with grace. Here, in the beautiful and poignant words of Louisa Merchant, we can come home to ourselves, because it doesn't matter how far flung you might have gone, or how long it's been since you've come back to church. Your roots are still here, waiting for you with open arms. I pray that you might know the gift of this church alive in your life, especially as you wrestle with all that you might carry into this holy place this week. For in the great scheme of all that there is, all of us belong to one another because all of us belong to God, monarchs and misfits, everyone comes home. For Elizabeth, and for the memory of all those whose burden of loss we may seek to lay down this day, we can say with faith and confidence, go forth, Christian soul, from this world in the name of God the Almighty Father, who created you. May you live in peace this day, and may your home be with God.
Amen.